Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 544. Today we're going to talk about Aeon's End. Now, this is a new game from Indie Boards and Cards slash Action Phase Games who have merged. And what this is, is a fantasy co-op deck builder. Now it's a slightly different kind of fantasy, it's not your elves and dwarves and things like that. It is sort of a bleaker type of post-apocalyptic kind of idea. And you take on the role of these kind of mage-like characters that are sort of building up engines with crystals and trying to sort of scale up and queue up better and better spells to fight these nameless. This is one of the nameless there. And you're just trying to kill the big boss. And so that boss is bringing at you different sort of uh, events and things that you have to encounter, different effects, and then they're also bringing up their, like, their own minions that you have to contend with. And you are protecting uh, the Gravehold, which is like your base. So you're trying to outlast either the opponent's deck or the AI's deck and we're trying to kill it and also make sure that not everybody gets uh, exhausted or killed in this case and also to protect the grave hold as well. So let's jump into the mechanics and how it works then I'll tell you what to think of it. Okay so here's everything you get in the box. I left the cards in here for now just to kind of show you how things are broken down but there's a couple of things that you need to take note of. First is you're going to get eight of these different characters here and there's a few things to note about these characters you've got here these slots you can see there's one two three four slots for the spells and i'll talk about how you queue those up you've got here a spot to mark which player you are spot for life and then here you can see you have your starting hand so it tells you exactly which cards to put into your hand and which cards and also the order that the cards go into the deck because you actually don't reshuffle your deck in this game you go through your deck and then you just flip the discard pile over and then you keep going which is interesting and then each of the characters has a special ability as well as some activation slots here so you can sort of power this ability up and then once it's full and you can see either uh, different characters have different you know abilities and also different costs they have to fill their meters up a little bit more and once that's full then you can trigger it it's usually worth it and on the back here there's some sort of thematic and sort of background information and some more artwork there so each player is going to choose one of these characters here and then you're going to choose one of these nameless to fight here here's the first one that you fight in the demo game this is rageborn and there's a couple of things now on the back here some little bit of uh, story information and then some extra setup rules here that you'll have to take note of and then here you can see the life points this one has 70 and then it has uh, every one of them has an unleash ability and this is going to be different so there'll be different cards that come up that are generic that say unleash but the unleash ability is going to be different for each different nameless that you encounter and then if you want to bump up the difficulty there'll be a little rule here for that and then some other additional rules that are specific to that particular nameless one here i'm going to show you some different artwork here because the artwork is really good throughout this game now i may be showing you some expansion stuff because i got the first two expansions um, as well so there's some extras in here too but just to give you kind of an idea of what the art is like in here okay so the other thing to note is you're going to have two dials and one here this dial is for tracking the hit points of the nameless so you can start this one here at 70 uh, if we were doing the the rage born there and then we also have here another dial and this is to track the grave hole this is like your base so to speak your last you know, destitute hideout, and you always set that to 30. And I should say, each uh, character starts with 10 life, and you put these little life tokens on there, and then as they take damage, then you remove those. 
Now the last thing to note here, uh, component-wise, you have some sort of specialist, excuse me, specialist uh, chips to work with different bosses in different ways. You have here; these are power tokens, which I'll make note of when we talk about how the bosses sort of cast their own spells. And then these tokens here are what you use to charge up your special ability. So as you charge these up, you'll just kind of mark these like so, and then once you fill it up. And then finally, as I mentioned here, we have these player order tokens here. So at the beginning of the game, you're just going to decide, it doesn't really matter, I'm player three. And then Francesca will be player one, and you'll mark that on your map. Because player order is actually determined randomly. So if we look at the turn order cards here, I'll take these out, and you can see these all say turn order deck. And depending on the number of players, we'll shuffle these in, so player one, two, three, four, and so on, and then sometimes the wild. And then you also always shuffle in two of these nemesis cards. So depending on the number of players, like if you're playing all by yourself, you'll shuffle in player one, two, and three. Then anytime any of those comes up, it'll be your turn. If you're doing a two-player game, you'll shuffle in two ones and two twos. So you guys will get four turns. The nemesis will get two turns on their turn and so on. So every round, you're gonna basically play through this deck, flop a card, that player or nameless will take a turn and then you'll just keep going through that and then once you go through you shuffle up and keep playing. Now as I said there are four slots on each of the player boards and this is where you're going to be kind of queuing up spells to be cast. And you can see the configuration here is a little bit different. So you can see this is an open breach. You can see that big yellow disc. Now these three here are sort of semi-open but these are considered closed breaches on different stages of opening. But you can see Jian here, they actually start with two open breaches. Now everybody's going to get the same little small stack of these breach cards. Open breach one, two, three, and four. And then so Jian's going to start with these two as open. And then the three there, it's going to tell us, okay, we're going to turn it like so. We can see that arrow there matches up with that arrow. So we'll turn it like that. And then the number four here, the arrow is actually going to be pointed down. So each player is different. You just look at the board there and set it up. And so what you're trying to do is, through the course of the game, is sort of spin these around and, or, and then finally flip them over to the open side, and then you'll be able to better uh, cast spells out of those. So think of it like kind of focusing your magical uh, energy here. So everybody will start with those. Again, they'll also start with 10 life here and the life pool and a player number. And then each player is going to have a different configuration of a starting hand as well as starting cards in the deck. And you do load them up in this order. So you put all these cards here in your hand and then in this order, three crystals and then two sparks. Those will go in order in your deck and then as you play through cards, you'll start drawing them. So here you can see we've got the little S's here and I just had these all shuffled up together because lots of the players make use of this spark and so on. So you just kind of have to, uh, keep, I keep my alphabetized and stuff, so, or I try to. And <laughs> and so you're going to put these in your, in your deck and then you'll just start playing them. So there's a few different things that you can do on your turn here. If we take a look here, you can take a look and see. The first thing you're going to do is possibly cast any spells that you might have queued up on a previous turn. And then you go through your main phase and you can do all this as much as you want, as much as you can pay for. And I'll go through all those and then you'll draw back up and then move anything to your discard pile that you've played. And again, you don't shuffle your discard pile. You move everything to your discard pile in the order you wish. And then when you're out, you flip the deck over and then bam, you're ready to go. Now, if the nemesis is going to go, this gives you a little bit of a walkthrough, but I'll, I'll go through that in a minute. So what are the different things you can do on your turn to try to kill 
of a nemesis. So the first thing is play a gem or relic card. So here's some example of some gems here. Here's your, your most basic one. You can see you can play that and you gain one ether. And so that's kind of the currency or the mana that's available in this game. So you're going to be spending that to do all kinds of different things. So you maybe play some of those, you generate that for the turn. This is a different example, so you gain one ether. Any ally may suffer one damage to destroy a card in their hand. So there's a whole bunch of these, and you can purchase more of these during the course of the game and add them to your deck, of course. Now you won't start uh, with any relics, but here's an example of one. And you can see here, focus any player's breach, and that's how you start to focus these in one of the ways. Or destroy this, and then the grave hold gains three life. So the relics and the gems you just play, and then you discard the card at the end of the turn. It's just kind of an effect. And here again is the Grave Hold. It may take damage over the course of the game and then you're going to heal it back up. So the next thing you might do here is actually gain a card. And this is a lot of the stuff that you're going to be doing to actually add new cards into your deck. And to gain a card, you're going to spend the Aether that you uh, generated through your turn. Now off to the side, you're going to have a nine stacks of cards, and these are cards that you can purchase. I just set out a couple of examples here just to show you. Uh, you can see I may purchase this Searing Ruby, and this is the cost up here. So this will cost me four Aether, and I will take this, and this will go immediately into my discard pile uh, when I purchase it. And this will give me a little bit better way of generating Aether on future turns. I may purchase a different kind of relic here. As you can see, this one cost me two. Now, the rules tell you to, you know, you do it a few, a few different ways. You can have a sort of a fixed setup. It gives you a couple examples of those. Uh, you could kind of pick and choose. You could do it randomly through these randomizer cards. Uh, it does give you a fixed amount of, like, you should have so many gems, so many relics, and so many spells, which I haven't shown you yet, uh, just to kind of keep it balanced, because you can imagine, you know, the gems are for building up your engine, the spells are for actually, you know, doing some damage. Like this one here, this one costs you seven to purchase, and when you cast it, it deals eight damage, then you can suffer one damage, and instead of, dis instead of discarding this, destroy it, or place it on top of any player's discard pile. So... This is kind of like, uh, you know, kind of a double-edged sword, but you can do a lot of damage with it. Uh, so there's a ton of variety here. There's just so many different varieties. But your basic idea is you have the spells. These might heal you. They might heal the grave hole. They're going to do damage to the minions or to the nameless one themselves. And then you've got some other different effects here with relics and gems and things going on. But one of your actions can be to spend and gain a card as long as you can pay for it. Now, the next thing you can do is gain a charge. And that is simply charging your special ability. So you can see you can spend two Aether to put a charge on there. And then of course at any time, once this is full up, then you can activate that. Now there are other things in the game that will sort of force you or even allow you to spend uh, that charge as well beyond just your individual special ability, but that's what you can do there. Now the next thing you can do here is try to open or focus one of these breaches up here. Now, as I showed you earlier, Gian already has two breaches opened, and if they wanted to open this one or this one, they're going to have to pay the cost here at the top here. So that would cost them nine ether. That's quite a bit to open that. And if you pay that, then you just flip it open, and then you'll put it up there, and then you'll have an open breach. And you can see once you open up the level three and level four, they're going to give you plus one damage if you cast this spell from them. Now, the other thing you can do, let's say you didn't have the nine here uh, to spend, you could pay three to focus it. And if you focus it, you can tap it like that, and then maybe open it on a later turn for cheaper, focus it again, like so. Now it's a little cheaper to open it and then focus it like so. And now all you can do is open it with that yellow side sticking up there. Now, But now it's cheap. You, you know, maybe you spend some extra 
aether that you didn't have you had left over and then you could eventually open it and it's the same with all of these here everybody at least starts with the one open breach now the other thing to note here is you can queue up a spell and when you do that you can take the spell here and you just put it out here and lay it like so now you can put it always on an open breach and if you have it on an open breach and then you don't have to cast it at the start of your next turn now you can put it on a closed breach if you rotate it and focus that breach on that turn. So if I had this again back to here and I spent three, bam, then I can go ahead and play this here just because I focused it that turn, but I have to cast it at the beginning of my next turn. Usually you want to cast it anyway, but this kind of gives you temporarily, kind of a temporarily open breach. So I have one, two, focus this one, and then laid that down, and then I maybe had some more spells here, then I can cast it like so. Now some spells here, We'll have you a cool ability to say while prepped, for example, in this case, you may gain one Aether during your main phase. So while it's sitting up here, it can actually be generating stuff for you. So that's why you might not want to maybe cast it in an open breach. You can leave those you know, round by round, but you can have that there like that. Now the last thing you can do is you can discard cards sometimes to combat an effect. So the baddie over here may have a special card or an effect or something that has a discard ability. So you can discard a certain number of cards on your turn and then that will cancel that ability. So that's not another possible action you can do on your turn. Now once you're done with your turn, like I said, you're going to take any cards that you've played and then you're gonna move them to the discard pile. As you play them, you just set them aside. They don't go immediately to your discard pile, but you wanna again, think about the order that you put them in, because you, when you run through, you're just gonna flip it over. And again, any purchase cards that you purchase from the supply go right to the discard pile immediately when you purchase them. So let's take a look at kind of a sample of what one of the nameless can do. Okay, here we've got the Rageborn there, and there's a couple things to know here. Now, each of the Nameless has a deck of cards, and you can see it's got their name on it. So you're gonna go ahead and shuffle these up. However, there are tiers to these. So if you've got tier zero, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Now you'll always deal the tier ones on top of the deck, and then the tier twos and the tier threes. The tier zeros are usually another deck that you'll set aside. In this case, the Rageborn here has uh, this deck here, and these are the strike deck. So he might have other abilities in this other deck, that trigger you to play uh, the strike. And as well, he might have abilities on his card that allow you to do that. So this will be a separate deck, but you're always gonna have a main deck here. And so you're gonna have stuff that's specific to the nameless that you're fighting, but then you've also got here a number of basic cards. And you can see these are also tiered one, two, three. So you're gonna shuffle these in in tiers. And based on the number of players, you'll add a certain amount of these basic ones into that pile. So when it becomes the nameless turn, uh, to activate, you'll go ahead and activate any effects that were already up. So at the start of the game, there's nothing up. So then you'll move right to the draw phase and you draw the card. And so in this case, you maybe will draw a minion and then you'll put this out up here. And then on the next turn, it's going to activate. In this case, it's got a persistent effect and the Gravehold suffers damage equal to the number of Fury tokens uh, the Rageborn has. Well, you start the game off with one Fury Token on the Rageborn here, and there'll be other effects that add these. And so these effects are kind of dual purpose. They work for another Nameless, and there might be other tokens that you know work with different Nameless. So this guy every turn is gonna damage your Gravehold here equal to the number of tokens, so you need to do something about that. Uh, if you flip a card here that is like an attack, you just kind of do it right away. So unleash, uh, so it'll do an unleash, and you can you trigger his unleash ability, which will add another token in this case. 
and then the Gravehold suffers three damage. So you just flip a card and do what it says after activating all the cards in the order that you drew them. So you're gonna kind of build them, you know, left to right there. Now minions you can do damage to. You can see this is their health here. And then let me give you another example. This one here, this is a power card. And these are kind of like spells of the nameless. So there's a couple of things. You can see two discards. So while this is sitting out here, a player can destroy a card in hand that costs two Aether or more, and that will cancel this power. So they're canceling the effect of this agony field. If nobody does that, then what's gonna happen is when this comes into play, he has power two. So you're gonna put two of these power tokens here right on the card, and then each round that it comes back on future turns, you're gonna remove a power token, remove a power token on the next turn. And once there's none on here, then you're gonna trigger the ability. So this is gonna be unleash. Again, in this case, it's gonna add another token. And then any player discards three cards and then draws one card, pretty benign. So that's how the powers work. So you kind of attack cards, you just flip, and then they do whatever it says. These minions which may sit out here, and some of the things might cause you to trigger drawing from an extra deck, which are what these two tier zeros are. And so that's how you simply play through that turn. Now remember, the, na uh, the na uh, nameless is going to activate twice within a round, and then all the other players will get to usually act once unless you're playing with one or two players. And then you just keep going until you kill the nameless, or burn through its whole deck, or in the case of losing the game, your Gravehold is reduced to zero, or all the players are, have their health reduced to zero. Now it's worth noting that when you are reduced to zero, you're not out of the game. You're not, you don't lose until everybody's reduced to zero, but there's no way that you can gain life. You have to actually uh, destroy one of your breaches, and so you're kind of playing sort of, you know, ham-fistedly. Uh, so you, you're never going to gain life. Any other damage that's going to come never comes to you. It's always going to come to another player until they get exhausted and lose all their life. But you're still in the game. You're just kind of not quite as powerful as you were and quite as dynamic as you could be. Uh, so you just keep playing until one of those conditions happens. And then that's the game. Okay, so that's Aeon's End. And I got to be honest with you, I'm very surprised uh, how fun this game was. Now, it reminded me a lot of Sentinels of the Multiverse, uh, just in terms of the way that the bosses activate, where you kind of walk through some very basic steps and you kind of it kind of generates all these sort of problems for you to deal with, whether it be minions or powers and things like that. Um, and then you have the kind of players uh, activating you know, in different ways. And I like the fact that they, they decide to go with a randomized turn order here, which makes for some very interesting things because you know that the Nameless is gonna activate twice. So if they get something up that is really deadly early on, let's say they go, you know, boom, boom, right back to back in the round. And then you know you have the rest of the round to sort of respond to that. And then maybe going into the next round after you shuffle up the turn order again, then you've got maybe that extra turn. So that's a real interesting kind of push your luck aspect because the, the Nameless will generate something that you're like, okay, how are we gonna beat that? And you just think about it and you kind of go, okay, well, we can do this, this, and this. And then, you know, okay, boom, you go. And it, the, the random turn order kind of breaks up the um, kind of the alpha player kind of thing. Well, you know, it's my turn. I've got my hand of cards, I'm going. And, uh, but you can still kind of discuss and sort of attack and strategize. And then you say, okay, well, we can get this far. I can, I can take care of this minion. And then maybe you take care of the power. And then we're gonna reshuffle the turn order deck. And it's like, okay, I hope if we get the card, then that nasty effect that's gonna do like 18 damage to the Gravehold is not going to happen. So you kind of push your luck just a little bit and you flip over the card and you kind of see what happens there. And then you move along. So that sort of dynamic unknown 
turn order is really cool because it's not completely unknown. It's just like, okay, we could try to do this. It just adds a great push your luck element to the game. Uh, I like the whole queuing up of the spells idea. That's really cool because there's a lot that sort of kind of triggers off of that too. Um, so it's not just like, you know, queue up the spell and wait, um, but it does give you something to sort of build to on a turn. Uh, it makes the kind of deck building side of that really interesting because you can have a lot of turns where you try to build up and buy a bunch of stuff and then sort of try to manipulate the deck a little bit. And there's our, there are cards that will let you trash the deck as well. Um, and then build it so you just, then you start doing some like wave after wave of damage. And that's a really kind of fun thematically as you kind of, you know, tweak your, your deck, you know, very traditional kind of deck building idea. So that's really cool. Now there's a lot of stuff in here. You get eight uh, heroes and then you get four of the nemesis in the base game. And then like I mentioned, I've got some extras here. Uh, I would totally, if this looks interesting, I would just go ahead and get all the expansions because some of the stuff that's in here and just the different abilities and the way that they operate um, is really cool. I mean, it's really, really fun how this works together. Um, and, you know, it's the one thing that is most interesting to me is sort of the way that you can spend the card. So not only is it like a deck building game, not only is it like, you know, Sentinels in the Multiverse, we have these kind of very asymmetric heroes and powers and the way that they're manipulating, but you've got a lot that you can really do within the context of a card. So it's like almost multi-use card because you a lot of times have to discard cards to combat a power effect. Or you maybe want to generate some aether and then you want to focus that for your special abilities, which are all pretty much pretty awesome. And so you've got like, okay, well, I could get some aether here. I can, you know, kind of upgrade my engine. I can get this spell. The spell is also going to combo with my breaches. And, you know, we've got this other thing where you can like, you know, you can do other powers for other people, which is kind of neat. So you can kind of make somebody will kind of like morph into more of a support character. So there's a lot of kind of that card play dynamics that's really strong here. Uh, so that to me was like the, the hook. You know, there's been a lot of these kind of games that this kind of fits into. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like the Arkham Horror LCG or uh, there was a Mistfall or the Warhammer Quest card game. So it's kind of in that vibe, but it, because it's a deck builder and because it just has these kind of different dynamics because of that and the different the way that you can kind of trigger all these powers and combos and things, I think a lot of folks that have liked those games or maybe been a little bit soft on the sort of, I don't know how to say it, but like the intensity of the mechanics and the theme in those games, this is really going to... Uh, be satisfying, I think. So I would definitely take a look at this. The art's very cool, and uh, it's definitely a different game for indie boards and cards. Um, and I, th I think it's like Action Phase's second or third big box kind of game. Uh, so this is awesome. This is a really surprising. Uh, you know, I didn't really think much of you because know, you just look at the 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 marketing keyword co-op deck builder. It's like, well, I played like a thousand of those, um, but I think mechanically. This is probably the most like sound of that kind of sub RPG card genre type of thing. Uh, so if you really want to get into like the game of it, as well as kind of the RPG elements and stuff like that, this is going to be a good sell. And I want to mention too, I'm, I was going to make sure I mentioned this, uh, the theme of it's very cool because it's not like your traditional uh, fantasy, you know, like Tolkien stuff. It's almost sort of Kingdom Death-like, if you've heard of that game. I reviewed that uh, several months ago. So it's a very bleak type of fantasy, more demonic, more a little bit horrific 
type of thing and it's very much like humanity like at the last corner of the universe with the spark are just about to go out um and so you're just trying to defend this kind of last bastion so that's a that's a kind of a cool different theme too but it doesn't like rely on any trope of like cthulhu or lovecraft or whatever or you know any kind of traditional demonic stuff it's like super hyper fantastic um maybe sort of bent towards you know an anime side but i don't you know for people that don't like anime i wouldn't let that scare you away but you can see there's like a lot of incorporation here very original designs and all the different creatures and the and the spells and the world and everything so that's also a nice cool bonus as well it's very original from that standpoint okay so definitely take a look this one aeon zen thanks